0: listening to episode 43, chapter 1 of the
1: Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life.
0: And this week, we have the absolute privilege of talking with Jenny Abel. Jenny is an editor and a writer for Reflections Ministries and for Omnibus Media Ministries. She's co-authored the book, A Guide to Practicing God's Presence, as well as the book, Shaped by Suffering, with Kenneth Boa. And she has over 15 years of experience in editing, writing, and communications, and she's currently living in Charlottesville, Virginia.
1: And um, so we're going to do something a little different. Today on this uh, chapter one of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. Uh, If you guys are listening on the podcast player, uh, there's a chance that it's on YouTube right now as well. So we are, Josh and I are in, you know, full quarantine lockdown mode, just like everybody else. And so we are doing the podcast uh, remotely, at least from each other. And so usually we're in the, you know, the same office where we record everything. And um, so today we're doing it distance. And anyway, any sound changes you hear are for that. But um, so anyway, we're, we're trying out some video stuff uh, along with this as well. And so I can actually show you the book by uh, Kenneth Boa and Jenny Abel, uh, Shaped by Suffering. So um, you guys should definitely check that out. Um, but what we wanted to do with these uh, first chapters, we wanted to try it and see if this uh, makes sense to you guys. And uh, you know, if you like it. But we wanted to give a little bit more of the why or the context behind why we're having some of these conversations. Um, they have enriched our lives and our walks with Christ so much over the last year plus. And, um, but Josh and I often find that there's still so much more that we want to say, that we want to talk about. I mean, we try to keep the individual chapters um, short, so that they're you know easily consumable within a uh, you know small window of time, about 20 minutes at the at the absolute longest. Um, but we still want to be able to connect with you guys and share some of our thoughts and feelings that we don't always have time for in the episode because we want to be a lot more focused on our guest and what their story is. Um, so with Jenny's episode, we thought it would be a perfect. Time to talk about this because on the podcast we have talked about our stories uh, in the past, and then suffering becomes a very important theme within the Christian life. And um, for those who have suffered and gone through something, it ends up shaping and sort of determining the trajectory of their entire lives, however. Seems like we don't talk about it very much in the church in general. And then, um, if we do talk about it, it, it's sort of like in the hushed whispers, or you know, sort of that awkward. We don't know how to deal with this sort of mode. Um, but we need to get better at that. We need to figure out a way to, you know, at least first communicate to people that it's all right to suffer. It's it's not a it's not a bad thing, and that you're bad or you've sinned or this is punishment from God. Um, and then figure out how to walk with people through the suffering. Uh, better and so um, on this chapter one we want to talk to you a little bit more about our stories in that regard sort of introduce why this topic is so important to us and um, why we're so passionate about you know learning to walk with others especially in the midst of suffering so uh, Josh you have undergone some suffering and uh, so tell us about that and um, how that really shaped your life yeah, so
0: I, I've mentioned this before. I want to dive into it a little bit deeper here. So, um, if you, if you haven't heard my story, you don't have to go digging through the other hundred and eighty some odd episodes of the podcast that are out right now on the the podcast players. But uh, about six, well, really, it started about seven years ago now, almost. Um, I was graduating from seminary, and up to that point, I uh, I had really lived my life around uh, a single. Principle. I, I I wouldn't have art- articulated it that way then, but it, it's it's really how it was in, in hindsight. I was looking to keep up a, a nice, good Christian facade uh, because I felt that by doing so, that meant I was living the Christian life well. Um, and to an extent, I mean that's that's really just legalism because if the Christian life being lived well and my salvation and, and stuff like that depends on how well I actually do at it, then really my salvation is is up to me and it's on my shoulders. And the, the good news of the gospel is that burden is never ours to bear anyway. Uh, we don't have to worry about that. And so seven years ago, God took me down a, a path of tearing down those ideas uh, my wife and I have basically lived in Springfield for um, all of our teenage years, and then uh, we're actually back in Springfield now, so uh, we couldn't couldn't stay away. But uh, at that point, graduated from seminary, and we decided to move out to a rural town in the middle of Iowa and be um, on staff at a uh, campgrounds. And it was in that place, uh, away from our family, away from everything that we've known that God brought us, uh, really to our knees. I know it sounds cliche, but he brought us to our knees. Uh, it was in that place. He tore down all of my ideas of what it meant to live the Christian life. Um, I went into a really deep depression, uh, through the, the winter of 2013, 2014, uh, we found out we were pregnant with our oldest son and, uh, right after that, I was in the hospital once for uh, some major chest pains, which they didn't find anything wrong. Said it was probably just stress. Uh, and then for a good solid month or so, I was basically spending all of my evenings and nights uh, curled up on a couch in our the the second tiny bedroom of a little nine hundred square foot cabin that we were living in, and I would basically stay there, uh, try to eat something. Um, and then hopefully fall asleep, get up, trudge to work, do the work, come back home late and curl up on the couch again. And it was in those, those deep, dark moments of depression where I started to ask the questions, why, why am I going through this? Why am I suffering? Why am I in pain right now? Uh, have I not been a good enough Christian? Uh, am I not doing what God wants me to do out here? Um, I started really attacking myself and beating myself up over sins that I've been committing throughout my life. Um, almost, but not quite to the level of, you know, Martin Luther going in and, uh, literally beating himself up and, um, going back to confess every little detail. I went through a lot of that same kind of stuff. I never physically beat up, beat up on myself, but I sure, I sure gave it to myself in my head. Um and yeah, so all those why questions just started coming out. And looking back, I was really trying to look for meaning in suffering, and in the moment, I I couldn't find it. It wasn't there to be found. And so, um, after that month was up, I I started to to take some walks out in the really cold, like ten below night air, in like six to eight inches of snow I mean this this kind of sounds like I'm uh making this story out more than it is but I promise you it was like 10 degrees below zero outside and the the snow was like eight inches deep and I would just bundle up and walk like a mile go sit beside a tree uh looking over the Des Moines River Valley and just sit there for an hour or two well come to find out uh, my wife would uh later tell me that when I left she wasn't entirely sure that I was coming back Um, which to me says that the, the depression and the the situation had gotten so bad that she was wondering if I was suicidal. And so it was in the middle of that deep, dark place that I, I really suffered and I, I wasn't sure why it was happening or what was going on. Um, but as I, as I look back over that now, seven years later, um, it was a really, really pivotal moment in my development as a disciple of Christ. I mean, we, we say over and over again here on the podcast that uh, we really do want to find ways to grow in the everyday moments of life. And that was one of those everyday moments of life that we all have. Um, and we talk about knowing our identity, practicing the basics, walking with someone, um, serving with purpose and making other disciples. Uh, honestly, it was in those those deep, dark moments where God was starting to shape my identity and I didn't even know it. Um, but I started to recognize it because I was walking with someone else, namely Chris Lamberth (laughs) And, and a few other friends too. And, uh, so yeah, suffering for, for me in life, um, has really been has really been transformational, and so that's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to this conversation with Jenny. Is just because I'm finding the more I talk to Christians and the more I I hear their stories of suffering, uh, the more it becomes apparent that it seems like God really is at work in in times when we suffer, even though we really don't feel it.
1: Yeah, that's really great point about you know the role that suffering plays in helping us define our identities. Um, it's step one in how to create a lifestyle of discipleship is to know your identity, and it's really undervalued how much we get to learn about ourselves in the midst of suffering. Um, that's not to say that we want to suffer in order to learn who we are. I mean, hopefully there are, there are better and easier ways to do this, but um, we will suffer. It's inevitable in the Christian life, and so part of uh, one of the byproducts of that is that you will get to learn more about yourself than you thought you knew. And so um, my story, I think, uh, it, it's all over the place. And and I feel like God is still teaching me the lessons of of my story. And I, I've told it several times, and each time I'm sort of trying to, I, I'm still grasping for the right theme, the right thing that ties, that ties it all together. You know, when you tell a story, there's... A good story has certain things in common in that there needs to be sort of like, you know, something that we want, something at stake. There's got to be sort of like a a rise up to a climax and all of this sort of stuff. And when I tell my story, a lot of times it just feels like it's a jumbled together mess of events that have happened, and they don't seem to relate all that often, at least when I tell it. Um, I feel and see God doing something incredible in my life through it. I just can't always articulate it. So I think I think maybe to talk about the role that sufferings played in my life, I really need to go back to uh, where I was in high school. And in high school, I uh, really started struggling with depression myself, and um, even to the point where I was, you know, cutting and self-mutilating and and beginning to be suicidal e- even uh, at, at that age. Um, and it's it's come and gone, um, through you know. So over the last, you know, 15, 16 plus years, I've, I've had to battle with this. And it's just something that you, uh, you kind of, uh, kind of learn to live with, you know, if you, if you can, um, like I've learned all kinds of new terms about this, you know, it's like, like most people would never know that I was depressed if you're, if you're talking to me. So I guess I'm, I'm like, I'm high functioning in that regard. Um, but you know god got a hold of my life and and through some events and some orchestrations we were living in springfield missouri at the time and um you know god really saw that that wasn't good i wasn't in a good environment and so there were some things that were orchestrated and we were able to move back to my hometown of uh of memphis tennessee and and there man i got plugged into a great church uh, a great youth pastor who reached out to me and poured into me, surrounded by a great group of, of friends and and wonderful Christians. And I'm talking about teenagers, man, that were seeking after God. And uh, God got a hold of me and radically set me free of a lot of bondage that, that I had uh, suffered and endured. Um, but two years later, I felt God calling me back to Springfield to go to Bible college. Now, when I left, I' never wanted to come back it was this was the last place i wanted to uh to come back to and so and that's because there's still lots of demons here that i had to uh i had to deal with and i didn't want to um josh will, Josh can really tell you about this though but uh you know i am one of the hardest critics of springfield <laughs> just because a lot of it it just it represents a lot of of the suffering that i endured uh during my uh teenage years and 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 so it you know, there's certain memories, and still, there's still certain places that I go, and it feels like I'm, you know, right back to being like 16, 17 years old all over again. And, um, but, but, so I thought that's what my story was for the longest time. Was it was like it was that it was coming out of this depression when I was a teenager, God getting a hold of my life and 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 changing me, and that's certainly a, a strong part of uh, of my story. But then, about three three years and some months ago, uh my story radically changed. So I got a call from my brother um that I'll never forget. October 19th uh that uh 2016 that changed my life. And so he just said to me th- this sentence and he just said mom's dead. She shot herself. And at that moment, you know, I I describe it as um it, it sort of feels like, you know, in movies when they sort of sh- show somebody falling and it's sort of like, it'll do like the fisheye lens or something like that. And it's like the whole world is sort of like rushing at you. And like, in that, it's like sort of stretched out in slow motion. Um, that's kind of what it felt like to me. It was a really, it was a really bizarre feeling. And, um, I, cause I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was telling the truth. Like you know, you hear stuff like that and you can't, uh, your brain just can't process it. So I was like, no, 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 no. You're joking. And, um, so a- anyway, that's really, uh, characterized my life for the last three years and some odd months that has, uh, you know, suffering has become a permanent part of my life now. Like before it was sort of, uh, you know i i could battle with depression every once in a while but this this opened up a wound that i didn't know how to heal i couldn't heal it um but through that wound and through walking you know through this path uh god has shown me so much about who i am and who he wants me to be uh that i would have never known before the parts about parts of me that i didn't know that i had um And uh, so, so like one of them, uh, so one of the results with this was I I realized early on that I had to, I had to outgrow this pain because it feels like like when you, when you endure something like this, it feels like um, you are also dying as well. And obviously this brought up a whole lot of other stuff from, from my past. Uh, Again, me being uh, from my own depression previously and my own suicidal thoughts. You know, I'm like, well, my mom went through with this. Like, my mom went through with this. She did it. She did it. Um, and it does it raises a lot of fears. And and I mean, I I I would be lying to say if it's not a fear for me now, that that it's like it, it somehow leaves you it has left me with a scar that I feel like I'm almost destined to do the same thing. And um and, and so like if you talk to depressed people or people that suffer with chronic depression, often one of the worst things about it is the fact that they feel like there's no hope. Like, a lot of what causes the depression to continue is that they don't see a way out of it. It's like, you know, um, if you could at least see or find some hope, then it would feel like you could keep going and then maybe things could get better. Um, So to a large degree and and, and very early on, this is how I felt. So I knew I knew I had to try to figure out some way to outgrow this uh, this pain that that felt like it was just eating away at me. Um, And so uh, luckily I had people like Josh around me to, you know, at least be there. Um, This is I think this is an important point that I want to emphasize, though, for anybody who's got loved ones or whatnot that's going through uh painful times is uh you know man, don't say anything, <laughs> don't say anything what <laughs> one, one of the people who who most impacted me that that I remember the most when I went back to work, and then all the coworkers are you know making the rounds and and trying to you know say nice things and and I appreciate that so dearly but i'll- remember, I'll never forget this one guy in particular he just came in and he just he shrugged his shoulders and said, There are no words, there are no words and um You know, Honestly, that meant more to me than than most of what other people said, even though what they said was nice. I mean it wasn't – it was not necessarily wrong. I'm just – anyway, side note I guess. I'm just saying the biggest thing that we can do for people when walking through suffering is I think just be there with them to not try to make it better because you're not. There's nothing that you can do, Um, but it's just to simply know that – let them know that they're not in this thing alone and that there's somebody who will walk through it. With them, and so, um, I, I guess I'll speed up real quick just for the sake of time. Uh, I threw myself totally and completely into uh, a relationship with Christ because I knew I knew without that I couldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't survive. And a lot of the things that I I, I was started reading and started encountering um, have led us in the conversation and let us down this journey that is now daily growth discipleship. For, for instance, this where the idea of lifestyle of discipleship really took hold in my life was was when I realized I, I'm not going to survive this unless I radically change how I approach life. Like, it can't just be part of something that I do. Um, and again, if you would asked me before this happened, I would have said, no, it, yeah, it is my lifestyle. I mean, everything I went to Bible college. I went to seminary. everything in my life is dedicated to this thing, but suffering revealed stuff about me like I said that I didn't know um that I was hanging on to there were there were parts about me that i that I hadn't released to God that I haven't surrendered to him and and the Lord has done some some really incredible miracles in my life, like internally healing my heart that that i uh I can't quite explain um to you um but i but I feel like now, after three years, I can talk about it in a way that doesn't make me, like, spiral down into a depression like it, like it used to. I've talked about this several times, and it sort of, it tends to bring up lots of emotions and causes me to spiral out of control again. Um, and, and part of that is that I've accepted that this, like, I'm going to have a wound, I'm going to have a scar that's going to last forever, and that's okay, it's um in fact I was l- watching uh Lord of the Rings return of the king and Frodo describes it really well uh you know and it's and it's this idea right of being stabbed by a Morgul blade like this blade of death that it doesn't when you taste that de- like death sting in this case you're left with a wound that never really heals fully you can you get you learn to cope it, it heals to a great degree it's not going to kill you but there's going to be pain associated with that and that's okay as well And so, um, that's why I I think this conversation around suffering is so important for us to talk about, because again, nobody tells you that a lot of what we in the church want to do is we just want to get people through the pain. And it's understandable because when we experience pain, we want to get through that pain as fast as we possibly can. But what if God wants to use that pain in our lives to do something uh, so incredibly great? And again, this doesn't mean that God caused the pain. He absolutely did not. Um, God loved my mother uh you know more than I ever could and um but he's going to use the events that happened in my life to do something for me and for those around me and, and hopefully for you guys now that are hearing uh to benefit you in a way that uh I otherwise would not be able to give to you and so um that's my prayer that that suffering that God can use my suffering in a way that uh, would be redemptive for his purposes, both for my life and for the lives of others.
0: And that's why we want to talk with, uh, Jenny this week about being shaped by suffering. Uh, honestly, guys, it's a really, really valuable, uh, tool just to kind of get a grasp on what suffering is and what it looks like for the Christian life. Um, I think she even says as much and, and, uh, Ken Boa, her co-author, would say as much. It's not to help somebody get through a, a time of suffering necessarily in the middle of a crisis moment, but it's there to help, uh, help the church, capital C, continue the conversation like Chris is talking about here and talk about the reality that Christians do suffer and what does it mean for us to suffer as Christians.
1: and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Jenny's work with Ken Boa, check out kenboa.org. Then check out the next chapter in our conversation, where Jenny gives us some insight into why an eternal perspective on suffering is so important. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.